0: Hello and welcome to the Chip Away Podcast. My name's Adam and I talk with passionate construction professionals and try to chip away at what it is to build, create and shape the landscape we live in. Today on the show is Andrew Drummond. Andrew is an artist who works in sculpture here in Christchurch, New Zealand. Andrew has had a career in the arts that spans over 40 years and has works in major art galleries across the country in both public and private spaces all around New Zealand. Andrew has a deep understanding of landscape, materials, and construction techniques, which he uses to craft some amazing works on a range of scales and compositions. I joined Andrew at his studio, in which he resides and has built upon for the last 20 years. It's a really impressive space, and is home to New Zealand's oldest register crane, which was first installed in 1915 still gets used today to move materials and works around a studio. We speak on creativity, craftsmanship and the value of work, amongst many other things. Andrew tells us the importance of having one's own compost heap to fertilise and improve ideas and creative efforts. It was an honour to get to spend time with Andrew, his many valuable words and And I hope you can take something away from the conversation. So please sit back and enjoy the sculptor, Andrew Drummond. Hi, Andrew. Um, Thanks for coming on the podcast. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, good. Hey, Adam. um, Great. Fantastic. And it's really nice. I like what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. My name is Andrew Drummond. I'm a sculptor. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been making work for um, over 40 years, I think, um, which is a long time. <laughs> um, and um, and uh, I've worked all over the world, um, and I've, I've started off doing, um, in the early days when I graduated out of university, doing performance work and video work, way back when there was black and white video, you know? mm-hmm. um, and then did performance work, and then slowly the work evolved into sort of more um, fabricated, objects and um, and then later even bigger fabrications and um, objects that are you know quite large mm-hmm. um, 10 12 meters in height and sometimes 10 meters in diameter you know kind, mm. of, kind of quite big um, and um, all along the way have um, tried to work um, in a collaborative way with the people who I as sculptors do depend upon mm-hmm. um, and so um, here I am you know at my late six um, yeah, late 60s mm-hmm. um, still working wa- still making lots of work mm. and um, and, uh, and 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 but a bit smarter than I was when I was 28 right yeah yeah so that's 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 um, a bit of a synoptic view
0: <laughs> great thanks so we're sitting here in your apartment uh, slash studio yeah um, It's a fantastic space. Um, We met previously and i got a little bit of the history. Yes. If you could go over that again and maybe describe as much as we can without showing the people the place.
2: Yes, (laughs) that's right. That'd be great. Okay.
1: Well, um, the first thing to say is that Mm -hmm. um, uh, I've always built and done building projects, right? Mm -hmm. And and, uh, you have to build a studio or a space to make work or, you know, there's just always that sort of um, part of it. And so um, there's an integral relationship between the making of art and sculpture Mm -hmm. and the making of studios and beautiful places to live in. Mm. And, um, okay, in 2000, I'd been in Christchurch for, you know, um, seven years, and um, I'd teaching at the university. um, And I had a studio there, but I needed a studio. And um, so I looked around and I found this old power station in Wollstone And it was up for auction. Um, And I went, oh, that would make a good studio. And and, um, went to the auction and I thought, well, there's a lot of tie kickers there, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, I was kind of keen, but I didn't really have much of money, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, the long and the short of it was that I got a commission um, for a very big work and thought, oh, that that building will be perfect for that work. So, um, and I had a had a way of getting the finance to get the building. Mm-hmm. And I was in England working, and um, I got all of this started to come together. And so I rang my lawyer in Christchurch, and he, who's now sadly dead, uh, John Stringer, mm. who, who, um, who went, don't worry, Andrew, I'll get that building for you. <laughs> and, um, and, and he duly did. Mm-hmm. And I paid a very small amount of money for this very big, what was, I didn't know it at the time, a power station. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a power transfer station when there was an electric railway in Christchurch that went from Littleton to Addington, mm. and this is halfway. Mm-hmm. And I think it was an, an officially called the traction shed. Right. Yeah. Um, and and um, I think that, that was the reason was that um, this provided the power for the traction engine mm-hmm. with the electric engine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Um, Anyway, it turned out I found out about all this as I got it and found out more and started the building. Um, And and it had been built in 1900 and... between
2: 1912
1: and 1915. Mm -hmm. And um, it had served its purpose by the 70s and the AC, DC converters had been taken out and the big, big studio, what is now the big studio... um, was um, empty and they and, and Golden Bay Fletcher property Golden Bay Cement had it and mm-hmm. they had a on the back of the property a big silo and anyway so I bought the property off them mm-hmm. and then they said well oh, can we stay and leave the silo on the back of the property mm-hmm. I'm sure you know I don't need the back I mm-hmm. only want the space here right. you yeah. know and they paid me three times what in rent what I paid for to own it yeah. So they, they, I was given it, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a beautiful thing, mm. and and what I, and what I think that that is serendipitous, you know, mm. because I'd worked for the Sir James and Lady Fletcher over earlier, uh, okay. doing commissioned work, and when I came to Christchurch, I they gave me a building. They didn't mean to, mm. and that mm. was very kind of them. Mm. So I saw the patronage. I see that patronage thing very important. Yeah. That, but anyway, the building seemed to attract all kinds of positive energy mm-hmm. as well as all of the electrical stuff. Yeah. Um, and um, so I just took it over and, and um, started the slow and long process of refurbishing and restoring and adding to and making gardens and mm. um, apartment and um, all of that, plus um, refurbishing the 100-year-old crane
2: Yes, which is uh,
1: a beautiful yeah. thing, and and we use it all the time
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, when we're in the studio. We're m- often building quite a big work, and so you know the, this beautiful hundred-year-old crane is um, now radio controlled, and, mm-hmm. and we we can drive it where we want to. And um, you know, I've got a, a electric forklift mm-hmm. um, that can also go um, uh, six meters high,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and it's got a man cage I can attach to it. And so I can put someone way up in the air and then we can have things craned if we uh, need to. Yeah. And so really we can do anything mm-hmm. in the building and that's just a fantastic facility to have. Yeah. And um, uh, so it means that I can build anything I want mm. and on the terms that I want. Mm. And when I first came here, um, I think I'd been teaching at the university and I was in... Um, A fairly unhappy place. Um, And um, I came here and decided I lived here, I was going to live here. Mm -hmm. And I lived for a year on a mattress on the concrete floor whilst I started to build the infrastructure, like the apartment and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so as I chipped away selling work and getting commissions and then raising money to do building projects and get the apartment built and Mm-hmm. All of this kind of work together in mm-hmm. an interrelationship, so sure. Um, you know, the building project took a long time, mm. um, and it went through maybe six or seven big commissions, yeah. And the big commissions funded it all in mm-hmm. a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, I'm very, very lucky that I have you know patrons who have not only got nice work and I've had a great time making it, but mm. I've got a nice place to live exactly. as a result, yeah. Um, and um. That symbiotic thing is you know very very um, important because you build what or you build or you construct what you need to do according to the means you have mm-hmm. um, I didn't mean to get this huge concrete building mm-hmm. and I thought I didn't have the means to do it because the scale is huge yeah um, and and um, at the beginning it was a bit daunting you did feel like you were a um, a speck on a massive mm-hmm. um, building, but slowly and gradually you get the all of the relationships worked out, and and, um, and so you start to um, you know put it all into a context within itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know you don't; it's not a problem. You you you're inside the problem, yeah, working yes. and modifying it, mm. and and I think that you know that's pretty much how you make sculpture. Mm-hmm. and how you make a building. Mm-hmm. They're all there's a there's a consistency between the different ways of thinking about it.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, so anyway um th- that was that was that project went on for oh well I would say probably um 13 years. Yeah. That took to get the building to where it is really where I want it now. Yeah. Yeah. Um and there were massive um interventions inside the building there were a big, big intervention uh, ex- exterior addition, mm-hmm. um, and then um, paving and um, fencing and electric gates and um, all of that infrastructure mm-hmm. right throughout the whole property, so that I can have storage in my shipping containers, which are up the other end of the property, mm-hmm. and then I've got places to display some work if I want to mm. on the property. And then I've got a shed, which I use for coatings, mm-hmm. which I built after the earthquakes. I built that out of a lot of scrap that I found. Mm-hmm. Um, recycle a lot of stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, and um, and 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 then of course you know the the apartment which which we did. Um, I filled in a veranda I'd put home, mm-hmm. and um, it's all made of cedar, all out of macrocarpa. Mm. Um, and so it's all beautiful materials, and mm. um, then the courtyard is paved with a um, very big amount of granite, uh, of uh, bluestone, mm. um, which has been laid into uh, a, a sand and cement bed. And then ground afterwards, so it's a very expensive bit of um, hard paving, but, mm-hmm. but it gives the place a bit of um, a grunt. Oh, definitely. You know, yeah. uh, because it's a big building and requires grunt, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So th- that's a bit of a idea of the building.
0: Great. Um. So I'm wondering how, almost in line with the building, and even before when you you said you kind of started in performance art and a lot of different things like that. I'm wondering how you feel over the years, what's influenced the changes and developments in your own art and, um, yeah, really less so um, maybe the materials, but what what made you move in the directions that you have? do you feel? Okay,
1: well, I can easily... um, go through that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, well, okay, so I came out of art school and I went to art school in Canada mm-hmm. and I, I'd done some postgraduate work in Scotland. Mm-hmm. So I had been exposed to um, my heritage a bit in mm-hmm. Scotland mm-hmm. um, and I came back to New Zealand because that's where I was born. It was my home mm-hmm. um, and um, tried to um, well, yeah, establish myself as, a, as an artist. And that was in the late 1970s, mm-hmm. and I was um, at, at art school I was um, doing some performance, and I came back and started making work and um, performance work and, and and I was very very central to this development um, at this point was that I tried to think of a philosophical um, framework mm-hmm. on which to um, hang the ideas of my work. Mm-hmm. And um, I did that, and it was a simple, actually simple word um, structure, mm. and it had interrelationships between the different components, mm-hmm. and it was to do with um, the the body, mm-hmm. and, um, and 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 um, that that's what it was about. It was about the body, which is central to sculpture anyway. Mm. Um, I didn't think about it in a traditional sense. I was thinking about it in a much more um, 1970s kind of um, open textured way Mm -hmm. Um, and um, I started making work and then very slowly became totally apparent to me that the animal that I was or the the body that was the animal not Mm. the human necessarily but the body and then I looked at the body in relation to the landscape Mm -hmm. and that started to Totally makes sense to me, and I was making work about actually in Narunga in Wellington. I made a body of work about the. It was about well, Narunga was an old meatworks, mm-hmm. and, um, and it, of course caught fire and gone now. But um, the it's I wanted to be the animal, and I I I I, I took a ritualistic kind of um, an analysis to. Um, the ideas of the animal being trapped, mm-hmm. being free, counting—you know, doing very basic stuff—and mm-hmm. and did that. And then, um, and then by then, about 1980, I I, um, I was still doing performances and performance work, and got to the Hodgkins Fellowship in Dunedin, mm-hmm. and um, this was, in a sense, quite a big breakthrough for me because for the first time. I was absolutely totally devoted to my work. I didn't have to worry about money; mm-hmm. it was there. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to be worry about not being warm; it was there. Mm-hmm. You know, the basics were there, mm-hmm. and a studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, all of a sudden, everything I've been doing started to really, really make sense. And I don't know. I think it was Dunedin and the landscape of Otago, mm-hmm. and the opportunity to do something significant. Mm-hmm. And overwhelmingly, um, uh, over, it was an overwhelming experience because I worked. I don't think I've ever worked so hard. I think in that one year, I, I, I tr- made a, a serious amount of work, which in a sense laid the foundations for everything I've ever done ever since. Wow. So, the, but, of course, I don't mean it in terms of the meaning, I'm mm. just in terms of the compost heap. Sure. Now, to make art, you've got to have a compost heap. Mm-hmm. If you haven't got a compost heap, you can't make art because you, if you make one thing and you haven't got a compost heap, you can't make the next one.
2: Mm. You
1: can go along for a while and fool yourself, but unless you've got that compost heap. Now, that compost heap is yourself mm-hmm. and the ideas and the um, openness that you have to allow for ideas to f- be formulated mm-hmm. and be realised. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just want to explain a little bit more about the, my idea about the compost heap, and and that is essentially a way. Um, I use that as a metaphor rather than an actual action, actual, actual thing. But to make a good compost, you need a lot of components. You need you need you know raw material, and you need um, Sticks, and then you need some leaves, and then you need um, some rotten um, cow dung, or those sorts of things that you put together to make the compost heap. Well, if you change, if you transfer that analogy into how you make um, work, that um, that allows you a a, a richness um, and an openness, and um, to, to to to, to resolve fairly complex um, ideas, right? So, but also, it gives you something that you can carry on for the next work and the next work and the next work so that you, you don't really run out of ideas so much, it, you know, because you've always got something that's interesting. Mm-hmm. You mightn't be able to resolve it right then, but you can put it on hold and go, oh, I'll get back to that, mm-hmm. you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, okay, so... Essentially, that's that's how I, my career has developed, and I think I, I would best put it in that sense. So as I got older and more interested in the in the landscape, being the environment and the care of the environment, and how we um, what our place is on the landscape,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: all of those sorts of things, of course, started to impact upon what I was thinking about. Well, gosh, you know. Can I make? How do I make things move? How do I illustrate that there's more air movement ten feet up and than at, at five feet up? Mm-hmm. And how can I make, do? I, how can I show that to people at the same time as I'm showing them something else? And all of a sudden, they realise something that they hadn't even thought about. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the role of the artist to, to, to in a sense, open up those sorts of possibilities for people mm-hmm. to read. Um, Now they're never going to understand or 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 grab the meaning if there's such a thing Mm. that you've put into it. However, because you've left it open, they can impact onto it in their way. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so that's really what makes the transaction of art Mm. so wonderful and beautiful and actually universal. It's not for people with money or no money or big or small or whatever. Um, it's for everybody and and no one's got a a corner on the language of it
2: Mm.
1: and what I find really problematic in the 20th century 21st century has been the way that institutions have decided upon how we have to think about what that means right Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and in building the same thing Mm. Um, anything in our whole um, life experience has been reconstructed and restricted by the institutions. And so the role of the artist is essentially to blow that apart Mm. or to open it up and look at it in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, the need for the compost heap.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Oh, thanks for that. That's... um... That's really interesting I want I wanted to touch before we um, move on from there about your kind of art and the way you've developed over the years do you feel um, that you have an innate sense of a need to create or to make do you think that you've always had that perhaps even as a child that was mm-hmm. something that you were drawn to it was yeah
1: it was um, and I I think, I I think I think I knew I was going to do Something like this. I didn't know mm. what I was going to do when I was quite... Like when I was 14 or 15, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually when I was 11, I, 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 that was the beginning of my kind of creative up, up awakening, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And the next decade was spent um, sort of trying to find the right path. And then, of course, then I went, right, well, I'm going to go to, uni- go to art school, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I needed to... Uh, I didn't think I needed to, but I'm really glad I did. Yeah, because right. it gave me a whole lot of language and a whole lot of ways of thinking that I would have never got to. Okay. and I can only say that the value of um, education is not to be under, um, you know, written, uh, you know, it's very, very important. Mm-hmm. And um, and you know, my 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 big beef right now is that. Education costs money, so it's only for the people that it can afford to. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, if I I I came out of a generation where um, we were given free education,
2: yeah.
1: and 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 my family couldn't have afforded to send me to university,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so I wouldn't have gone to university. So mm-hmm. when I got to teaching at university, I was keen as anything to get the kids from the the parts of the culture mm-hmm. that didn't go to um, art school mm-hmm. into the university, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and and and, and um, I still think that's terribly important, and I'm really glad that. You know, just right now with the COVID thing going on, that fees are free for the next few years for trade certificates, which yes. is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. You yeah. know, um, and just to go back into the to my work and how it developed, mm-hmm. and I would say that I learnt all. I'm still learning all the way through, mm-hmm. and I always liked machines. Yeah, and I always liked um, the idea that science. Had a, had a role to play in art. Mm-hmm. And, on, and, 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 and of course, you know, it was just a sort of a boyhood sort of fantasy. Yeah. And then years and years later, of course, realised that in fact it's totally intertwined. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 um, and, and the liberation of that sort of idea that, you know, um, art is, is about everything. It's not about one thing. It's about the lot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, and the Renaissance, of course, showed that very well. But of course, we're a long time since then, mm. and we've got to kind of make sure that we don't lose some of the values of that, mm-hmm. and, and and in our race to kind of digitise everything, you yes. know. Yeah. But then digitisation's very really important, and and for me, um, in the construction of work now, all the big work, mm-hmm. it's all done using CAD yeah. systems and design and mechanics, and um, and 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 then we can look at it and model it and prove it, that mm-hmm. it will do this or that or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and, or it won't leak or it won't get water inside it or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, well, that is the most beautiful advance that I can even think of, yeah. that, that, that the risks that of taking, of making work and not knowing mm-hmm. are huge. And um, a lot of that risk-taking is in a sense mitigated out Mm. So that's good because mm. it means you can take risks in other ways,
0: right? Sure, you know, yeah. yeah I quite I look at artists as um, people who certainly aren't afraid to take risks, and no. uh, what it seems to me that over your career you certainly haven't um, been afraid to do that. No. And um, one thing um, that uh, our mutual friend Simon uh, Ogden, another artist, touched yes. on was that. Um, even though linking it to what you've just said about technology, maybe taking away some of the risks mm. to make that first step um, to decide that you're going to create, to put that first brush of paint on a canvas mm. or to, you know, mm. start a sculpture. Um, it's quite courageous to do something like that really. And even it is. in building um, it's kind of the same, you know, if architects really say this is this house will exist and this is what's going to happen. It's quite a big, leap really yeah. even with all of our technology mm. that helps us along the way there's mm. still it, it attracts that kind of person who's willing to put a stamp on that's something right.
1: like that absolutely totally yes mm. that's right but well, of course you know taking out making sculpture is, is is an even harder endeavor mm. because people want houses mm. and, and but people don't want sculpture and, mm. and and where do you put it and yeah. and all of that quick stuff comes into it mm-hmm. however there Are other things too which are similar to building, which is the leap of faith yeah. that you have to take? Um, and 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 where do you start? Well, you started a point mm-hmm. and you ended another point, mm-hmm. um, and um, and there's a journey in between. Um, well, sculpture is exactly the same,
2: yeah.
1: Um, and um, you, you, if you make a mistake, you, you learn from it pretty quick because. You know, it costs money to make a mistake, you mm-hmm, see.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: and it's the same in building. If you make a mistake, well, it's, uh, you know, it's money. Oh, yeah. Because materials equal money. Um, painters have got a little bit more liberation because all they got to do is put a splash of paint over the top of it and wipe it out. <sighs> yeah. Yes, that's right. <sighs> yeah. And so you've got to be careful. I, I, I've got to be careful not to be too rude about that. Yeah. However, uh, we, we won't be. Yeah. Um, uh, but the, what I've, um, where I've come to in this sort of long period of development is that um, if I go right back to the beginning and think about some of the things I was thinking of at the beginning, mm-hmm. 1978, 79 kind of time, and here we are in 2020, mm-hmm. now, and, my, you know, and some of the thoughts are still there. Mm. They've modified and changed and shifted because yeah. you know your experience takes you there and, mm-hmm. and uh, if things impact from the outside on it mm-hmm. however they're still singularly there mm-hmm.
2: um,
1: and so I look at that as a kind of a um, a, a continuum for sure but also um, that you that because um, what drives human beings to 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 do this what I do Mm. is that you want to get better, you want to make it better. Yes. And you're only as good as the last thing you made. Yes. And the last thing you made, um, if it was a mistake and it was a failure, then you've got to go back into, um, the next one's got to be successful. Yeah. You see.
0: But it goes into the compost heap, right? It's still, well, that's right.
1: Yeah. All the experience does, mm. yes, yes, feeds into it, mm. you know. And um, and so and so the metaphor stays constant, mm-hmm. but you do get better at doing things because you don't make the mistakes you made once before. Yeah, and so you use your energy properly.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and of course, um, you know the way you use your energy is is about um, there's a beauty in that as well. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. How do you hold a big beam up whilst you um, drill some holes in it? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, so following up on that I'd be quite interested um, if you have any opinion on uh, the types of intelligence, you know like we were just talking about you have quite an innate sense that you always want to create and make and and be better and I'm sure you have a feeling that the work is never really complete um, in terms of the overall goal of your um, creative endeavours In the construction industry, there's quite a negative stigma around the people who are involved, at least maybe where they're sourced from, I feel. Um, At least public opinion doesn't shine too brightly. It's a place where if you weren't good at school... You go and do a trade or, um, you know, we don't maybe fit that typical mold of intelligence, perhaps like an artist, if you know what I I mean, where at least what the public is judging as successful is not really what creators or doers, practical people fit into. That's right. Um, And I just wonder if you think that instead of being... um, having different levels of intelligence or, you know, one being more valuable than the other, mm-hmm. um, we could look at intelligence in a different way instead of the kind of classical way that we look at it now. And um, because, in my opinion, I'm... Going through school, I was quite uh, maybe a book smart kid and, and building did not come naturally to me at all. I had right. to work on it and I still do all the time. Yeah. But I couldn't think of anything more difficult to do with my time, to be perfectly honest. Right. yeah. So um, I really enjoy that yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and I think that's kind of a misconception from yes. some people thinking. So yeah, yes. I wonder what you think about that. Well,
1: I think that's a very interesting um, um, discussion to have mm. because um, intelligence is a um, well, there are um, hierarchies of intelligence yes. that we've placed on things, and and we think they're right. Mm. Well, well, who says? Well, of course, everything's up for grabs, mm-hmm. and everything's um, up for is contentious in that sense. So, from my perspective, artists, of course, are quite out, outsiders, mm-hmm. and 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 um, the fact that I taught in the university, mm. taught art in the university, was somewhat antagonistic to me mm-hmm. because. The rigors of um, of, a, of um, intellectual processes seem to be much more constrained by the paradigms that they make. Mm-hmm. Well, for an artist, you, you're trying to break the paradigms down. You're trying to reinvent them all the time.
2: Mm.
1: Um, so there's a, there was an anomaly there, but I do remember right back and to go back to your point of um, which talks about you know trades not having the value that they Should have in the environment, and they don't get the recompense. But a lawyer gains all the money, and sure, all of those sorts of things. Well, I think that's absolutely true. Mm. Um, and and, and um, you know, I'd, I'd love to think that um, our egalitarian nature um, of New Zealand mm-hmm. um, becomes this this becomes um, more of a discussion point because mm. um, we're, we're right now dead lost to do much more advancing as a country because we haven't invested in intelligent um, people who do building
2: Mm.
1: and or uh, make machines. Mm -hmm. Um, And as a result, we can't build enough houses. Mm -hmm. And the houses we build are shit anyway (laughs) because the two companies that control the building industry, Alex Harvey and Fletcher's, Um, control the market, and so everyone builds according to f- their paradigm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's a big problem. Mm-hmm. So we've we've not invested in um, training young people, mm-hmm. with, um, intelligent young people. I think you know to to get a trade certificate in building or um, plumbing or um, machining or f- fitting and turning. That's so important to have in our society, mm. and they are real. And we we are not virtual beings. Mm-hmm. So we can't live in a digital world because we're not digital. We're we're real. Yes. And I think there lies a major problem mm. for mm. us as a country and as a society. Mm. And so, um, yeah, my 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 um, my um, criticism about the thinking we take to towards our society. Needs to be much more open textured, Mm -hmm. and we are lucky right now because you know there was the Treaty of Waitangi being you know re ratified, and the young Maori still feeling just not taken care of properly, or not Mm -hmm. listened to. Mm -hmm. We've got an opportunity to, as a country, plus the COVID thing, Mm -hmm. to make a very very different country Mm -hmm. than we've had in the past, and Mm -hmm. I. I hope we use this opportunity. I really do.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that COVID has brought to light was the idea of um, who's essential and who's not. Um, with you know, as you say, we're not digital beings, and yeah. and you think when something like this is brought to light, um, you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot that society places on. Um, Certain people or certain ideas or certain hierarchies, as you say, yes, that um, aren't worth much when no one's coming around to collect your garbage or unblock yeah. your toilet. Oh, or, that's right. Or put a roof over your head. Oh, that's right. No, no,
1: that's totally true. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The most most um probably um highly enfranchised um people mm. are the are the least needed. Yes. Um, And I think we've got a managerial attitude to everything and we make managers, whoever they are, Mm -hmm. the most powerful people in the equation and they're not. They're just rubbish actually most Mm -hmm. of the time. Um, And and, um, yes, the COVID thing has been very good about realigning the egalitarian nature of our society. Mm -hmm. We need builders. We need people to stack the shelves in supermarkets. We need people to build roads. We need people to build Buildings, etc., and all of this, and we need people to tend to to the stock on the land and all of that, and all of this is actually real. Mm. It's not virtual, mm. and 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 yet we don't seem to give that um, thought when we pay people that kind of. Um, Leveling equivalent. Yeah, I, I'm a great fan of of an idea called the social wage,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: and the reason is that it actually levels out the playing field greatly, and and it allows for people to be more creative
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, towards how they work, mm-hmm. and, and 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 at the same time, it reduces the um the, the ghastly poverty which which this country is blighted with. Yeah.
2: Um.
1: So I'm very very um, I'm very much an affirmative of that mm-hmm. um and um you know i just hope the politicians are brave enough to actually start introducing this thinking mm. in a much wider you know discourse sure yeah It'd be very good mm. do you feel that as
0: a society we have maybe devaluing work um yeah and um i want to lead on to a discussion about kind of what it is to work and also especially something that you can relate to and maybe give your opinion on is the idea of craftsmanship Mm -hmm. and and what that means to you and if we're maybe not valuing that Mm -hmm. as much as we should in the Mm -hmm. modern world because things come to us quite easily Mm -hmm. you know i can i'm sure it's hard for you when you're trying to sell pieces of art that it's so kind of mass produced or things are so easy to buy um, Mm. these Mm. days that you don't think, you know, when I look at your artwork um, that I've looked at, Mm. even though I haven't created it and I wouldn't know how to, I can look at it and I can think, gosh, a lot of work and a lot of hours went into that. That's right. Um, And I can do that when I, you know, drive down the streets and look at all the houses and the buildings and the Mm. road and, all the hours and the sweat and tears that went into making that. Mm. And I feel like that's kind of just a second thought. Uh, yes,
1: that's right. It has happened that way very quickly. And, mm. and I think a lot of it's got to do with digitisation mm-hmm. again. But, um, and, and, and so the traditional, I mean, even in the art world, that, that, that certainly um, become, you mentioned craftsmanship. Mm. In the art world, people look at you like you're old-fashioned and you're stupid. Right. Right. Um, uh, but uh, no it's incredibly important and and in fact actually the lasting value of things is to do with the way that they've that somehow a human has imbued meaning mm-hmm. into something mm-hmm. um, and, and and invariably it's through craftsmanship even yeah. anyone would if you, you could look at any um, major artwork mm-hmm. you could look at any um, beautiful building there's lots of ugly ones but we're Anything that's had love put into it. Yeah. Love equals labor. Mm. Um, Labor equals love, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, Mm. And you're right. Uh, You can't just get there because you thought you could. And and, and we live in a society where that's become very predominant. Mm -hmm. And so people, in, in a sense, are self entitled. Mm. and they haven't even done any work Mm -hmm. so why what's going on here (laughs) um and 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 that's a very big cultural issue that we've got to face Mm -hmm. and i think that's happened at at an increasingly fast rate due to once again digitization Mm. and yes there are good things about digitization but there are lots and lots of negative things and we don't Really address that,
2: mm. um,
1: and now we're having to start to think about it because um, you know we can't build a digital building. Mm. We've got to build a real building. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and 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 there's this idea that everything's solvable through some sort of magic digitization. Mm. and 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 it ain't. No, um, and that's a short-term view, and mm-hmm. I take a hundred-year view. Mm. You know, when I make a work. Um, the craftsmanship that goes into it is certainly there, mm-hmm. but the engineering is certainly there, mm. and the, and and all of those things put together, so that when a work leaves the studio,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's going to last. It's going to work for a hundred years mm. minimum, mm. no maintenance for yeah. a It's better than a Rolls Royce.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah,
1: you know, yeah, and that's the kind of attitude I take. Yeah, and I'd I'd love to think that um some of that. Um, kind of intensity and 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 and, and drive mm-hmm. um is imparted somehow in the work but also so that the next generation somehow can get that yeah i don't know how you get that and i think this is why the po- podcast what you do so good
0: mm. you know? yeah yeah because i feel that if we're going to promote that digital world and to maybe craftsmanship or just practical labour, if you will, um, detriment, there'll come a time where no one will want to get off their ass and do the physical work. No yeah, no we can more. and and then what happens? You well, know, are we really big... going to just um, digitize ourselves away completely? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know, and I don't know how you inspire the next generation of young people coming up now to want to go out there and put in a hard day's graft and, mm. and you know play a play a role because mm. it's a lot easier not to do it basically well it is and, yeah. and, and
1: there are lots of opportunities or lots of if they think opportunities in the digital world mm. to do that yes I think we've got a really really big social issue and, mm. and, and a big problem and, and um, uh, you know humans tend to um, reinvent themselves on a regular basis but yes. But um, the problem with the digital world that we've invented is that it's much bigger than anything we've ever invented before. Mm-hmm. And it's totally invasive mm-hmm. into our everyday life. Mm-hmm. And unless we have um, filters and, and structures to minimize the importance of it, because mm-hmm. it isn't that important, it just helps us do a job, Yeah, um, and, and, and have that taught and be real, well... Um, then we are in trouble. Mm. But but I look at some of the young um, people going to um, putting schools together in the forest. So kids learn to light fires and climb mm. trees. Mm. And 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 this is now the new happy way to do it. Yeah, right.
0: That's right. Um,
1: yeah. And and I'm going. Well, I'm very pleased to hear it's happening. <laughs> yeah. But why did we have to go so far the other way? We didn't need to, you know. And 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 it's really important to learn to fall over. Yeah. And, and, and it's all fall off a wall, you know. Mm-hmm. It's the same with, you know, when I was teaching um, the students at in, 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 in university, in the art school, really important to fail. Yeah. Don't write yourself a, a book about how you're not going to fail. Yeah. Make something and fail at it. Yeah. And then make something else. Mm-hmm. And then make something else. Mm-hmm. And then make something else. And make something else. And carry it on. And that's why I go right back to the beginning and talk about the compost heap. Yeah, exactly. That that, that repository mm. of ideas and um, abilities is what keeps a human being able to be creative. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay.
0: I would like to um, segue from the digital to the material yep. now and... Um, speak with you about your art um, and and also try and link that in with the construction industry a little bit in, okay. in terms of um, you've used a lot of different materials mm-hmm. um, over your career. And I wonder um, what draws you to certain materials. Um, and we live in a time where we're kind of more connected than ever, uh, as we've spoken about with the digital world. Um, but perhaps we're coming disconnected from the material, like yeah, we yeah, were saying. Yeah. And mm. I wonder how, if art can play a role in reconnecting us with that material world. Totally. Yeah. And it
1: has to. Mm. You know, that's a, that's a big part of the job, mm-hmm. to do that. Because it's actually about allowing people to connect back to something that they always did anyway, mm-hmm. and they've got. Mm. And so you don't need, this is where you don't need that language. You just have to, an openness and if you can get people to look at art in an open way, they'll get meaning but but to go back to the material mm. thing, which is um what you were asking me about, look, yes, you're right. all the way through, I have used a lot of different materials, oh. you know wood and copper and bronze and um, steel and 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 now well, and also lots of um indoor work which you use anything from glass to brass to um, coal, to um, rock, um, mm-hmm. to sticks, um, mm-hmm. to beeswax, sphagnum moss, um, uh, all kinds of stuff. And then the big outdoor works, which now, of course, are all made of stainless steel.
2: Yeah.
1: And um, that's because it's got a lasting value. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and, and, and I've got a way of handling it and colouring it so it doesn't look like stainless steel. Mm and um and and all of those things have um they've all ha- arrived in, in at, at a time when I've needed them in my work right mm. so w- when I was first starting out and doing performance work you know there were sticks and muslin and beeswax and um, very simple materials copper mm-hmm. um, and copper because it was active and, mm. and um and it had a, um, a a life beyond just the materialness of it mm-hmm. um, um, and all of those sorts of things. And so the alchemical aspects of material was very important to me in the beginning
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and for the first week while, well, and still is when I'm doing you know, work inside um, vitrines or for, for indoor work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all those sort of materials I still use, you know, yeah. and, 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 and I still use, um, I've still got big blocks of beeswax that I've kept, um, and I, I bring them out and use them and melt them and do the melting so that the the essentialness is still there, mm-hmm. and rather than burn it and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of this huge um, oeuvre um, of work has a has a multiplicity of materials. Mm-hmm. And so I, I actually do know an awful lot about materials, and I didn't set out to do, You just learn it on the way. Yeah. right. Um, and um, you know materials. Are, have always got a political side to them, Mm -hmm. you know, like, um, so I don't use native timber if I use timber, Mm -hmm. I use, I use, um, you know, um, willow or Mm -hmm. poplar or something that's introduced Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and that's a political decision. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and, and it's because I'm introduced or, and and it was that that went right back in the beginning of my work. Okay. Okay. And, um, and so, there's, so that my, my relationship to the landscape was always about the introduced. Well, mm. of course, we are introduced to the landscape. It doesn't mm. matter whether we're Māori or Pākehā or whatever. Sure. We, we, we've arrived. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and we've all got a different relationship to the landscape. Mm-hmm. And it's something we all have to share. Mm. Um, so that comes back to, once again that same old thing which is about love and, and about mm. sharing you know mm-hmm. and so, so the materials I use um, how does that affect the materials well sometimes they're pragmatic decisions yeah sure you know, it's better to use this material here because it won't rust or mm-hmm. um, well, outside things are always made of stainless steel because they don't deteriorate mm. Well, I can make it look like gold, or I can make it look like um, shiny um, glass, mm-hmm. or I can make it look like green,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's all made of stainless steel, and you would never know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and so I use um, that material in that way because of its lastingness. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I'm really, really like the idea of making work, and this is something more recent actually. Mm. This is a more recent sort of um, drive. Um, and it was when I left the university, actually, um, I, w- I wanted to f- put a new challenge in front of me, mm-hmm. um, and so I went. I know what was going. I knew immediately what it was going to be. I'm going to make sculpture that lasts for a hundred years. Mm. Doesn't even need any maintenance, and it moves every day. Right. If there's wind, it moves, okay. and it never needs any maintenance. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think I've got there, mm. um, and. Um, It's no mean feat. Mm -hmm. And I've been helped on the way hugely by the thing I was criticizing before the digitization. Uh, Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, you know, it's a healthy relationship, isn't it? Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And um, that's made me, um, allowed for me to do tolerances and machining and um, the integration of things together so that they just love each other, so they never Mm -hmm. dislike each other. and and, and, and and this goes back into the to materials again, yeah. And, and 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 about that, if you have if you have a building you're going to build, and you've got eight different materials, mm-hmm. all of those eight materials behave differently, mm-hmm. and when you join them to each other, they will want to do it differently, mm-hmm. um, and so um, the building's really going to be problematic mm-hmm. because you haven't you can't solve eight times eight. Mm. the power of eight is just huge mm-hmm. so we, we minimise our risks in building mm-hmm. so that we make sure we've got big eaves so the water doesn't come up into the wall mm-hmm. etc mm-hmm. um, we found that out to our great expense over the leaky homes thing
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but um, I've always I always used to say to the students that no matter what you do you've got a problem if you've got this material joining that material mm-hmm. and you've got to resolve that problem mm. how do you do it mm. and there are many ways to do it you can you can glue it mm-hmm. you can screw it, you can um, weld it yeah. you know there's lots of different ways of doing it mm-hmm. and they've all got problems in themselves so you've got to understand the problems that they have mm. so if, for example, if you weld aluminium and you put it outside mm-hmm. I can guarantee you in five years all of the welds will be broken. Mm. And mm. it's to do with the resonance of the wind
2: mm-hmm.
1: on the welds. And um, you know, no one talks about that, mm. except if you're an aircraft engineer, of course. Right, yeah. You know, you know all about metallurgical issues. Mm. But in a house, um, we still have those sorts of issues, mm. where we put brick next to um, jib board, mm-hmm. um, or we put wood next to stone. hmm and um, what do we put between them? Do we need to put something between them? Mm. Or is the wood we use a different sort of wood than we normally use so we don't have to put that barrier in between, mm-hmm. therefore saving money and not helping the profits of Fletchers?
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay? Yeah. And and and, and so this is the reason why I, I, I'm really keen to see the building industry in this country mm-hmm. reflect... The environment much more than yes. it does yeah. by using the materials of the landscape and doing it real clever mm-hmm. and um, making it so that people can build houses very cheaply mm-hmm. and they don't have to spend a five hundred bloody thousand dollars. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. No one can afford that, mm-hmm. you know. And the property developers and the whole industry is geared to this. And so these young couple have got debt beyond their means all their life. Mm-hmm. So they behave like um, good soldiers, don't they?
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: No room for any um, dissent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a political thing.
0: Yeah, it is. It's
1: a very big political thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it reflects um, society at large. I was listening to another podcast just this morning and they were discussing the impacts of COVID in America and how they were saying so many people are losing their jobs over there. And, you know, they were saying things like, the way that the system has got everyday people, like you say, a young couple, um, by the bulls, excuse my French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they were saying over there, your your health insurance is tied in with your job. That's so right. if you dare try and make a move or take a chance or try and further yourself and maybe risk putting your job uh, on the line to better yourself... Yep. You know, you, you've got no leg to stand
1: on. Um, well, we're, we're lucky here yep. in the sense that we have universal health care.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And that's um, very important that we protect it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to take the um, analogy, just to, to bring it back to New Zealand. Yes. Um, uh, I mean, I think the American model is deeply flawed and we're much better off. Mm-hmm. Um, however, we're still not that well off because there are too many young people who haven't got houses. Yeah. And there are too many regulations. Mm-hmm. In the way of them um, doing it a different way. And th- that's why I was saying to you, you know um, why don't we build more straw houses? Yes, because we grow plenty of straw every year. Mm-hmm. and we've got big bales and machines to make them, and we can got a truck to deliver them to someone's place and they can make a, a structure out of straw bales and then cover it with mud. Mm-hmm. Inside and out, or mm-hmm. plaster, whatever. You, if you want solid plaster, you can. But you can use mud, mm-hmm. and you can build a house and have it finished for under a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Well, and that and 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 that means you've still got your washing machine. You, you know, yeah. you don't you don't have to go outside to do your washing. Yeah, you forgot the enough money, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't believe. I you know I see that I see the. Um, Desperation of the government trying to get more houses for New Zealanders, but this they haven't got the thinking right because there's no one radical enough, yeah, in the, and to say, okay, all the new houses in New Zealand are going to be more made of straw bales,
2: mm-hmm. all of them, mm-hmm.
1: and they're all going to be single story dwellings, they're not mm-hmm. going to be two story. Mm-hmm. If people want to build two story dwellings, they have to play the game the traditional way, mm-hmm. but the the, 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 the new way is straw houses for everyone.
2: Mm.
1: And, um, um, and we'll have workshops run throughout the country mm-hmm. and we'll teach people how to do a footing
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, where to put the steel. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll run workshops. You can do, do this real easy. Mm. And, 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 and if you want to sign up to do it, you can sign up and you can actually come for a month and at the end of the month you've got a qualification Mm-hmm. It's not a very really good one. It's just a, a month qualification to say I did the course on how to build a straw bale house, Yeah. and I've got a handbook how to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there'd be a lot of takers,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, mm-hmm. especially um, on Maori land, mm-hmm. where, uh, on where the, you know, and particularly the Maori in this country in the poverty mm-hmm. zone, far north, they should all have straw houses up there, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they should be building them flat stick, yeah. Um, but they have other social problems,
2: you know. mm-hmm. and, and
1: of course, the, the thing about getting people to want to work is, an, yeah. is another big, big problem. And once again, you know, you can't blame it just on digitisation. But no. um, there's a, a, a serious amount of um, addiction to, to digitisation. There is. Yes. yes.
0: Yeah. 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 I like what you're saying. I think it's appropriate coming from an artist to have that kind of almost not radical view, but to yeah. have that. You know, to say that, hey, why why can't we look at housing differently? Mm. You know, like where
2: we're,
0: mm. um, I guess, you know, they say like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and getting the exact same results. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. If we're in a crisis, there's there's more than one way to look at things. So yeah, I appreciate that.
1: Hey, I, I'd I'd um I you can have it. <laughs> yeah, <cheers. laughs> Set up your new company, <laughs> Straw Houses Inc.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely like what you say about kind of trying to reflect the landscape. Um, I think that's a good idea. Um, I think that we can do that a lot more architecturally as well and not just kind of housing en masse. Um, No. There's ways that we can do it. You know, even in my career so far, um, I built a couple of beautiful um, big two-story French provincial houses with all the wrought iron and whatnot and they're lovely places but you know they're on Papanui Road and it's like it just seems silly a little bit you know there's a little bit of pastiche about it and um it's kind of like why why can't we try something different or you know Mm -hmm. um I feel like that's just such a stereotypical build me a flash house yeah Um, yeah, 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 and there's no and I feel it's a shame that New Zealanders aren't thinking, what can I do more in my house or yeah. that a house is just that, it's just an object to kind of show off to your
1: mates or something like that. Well, that's that, right, you know? status symbol and things like that. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Well, of course, you know, there, there are those people, they can still have their um, faux provincial mm-hmm. if they want. Um, but, uh, you know, I think the uh, an indigenous um, approach um, is uh, well overdue mm-hmm. and is... Slowly, slowly happens in this country. Mm-hmm. Everything's slow mm-hmm. and small because we are yes. small. Well, I don't think we're slow. I think we're very nimble. Like it's just that we've been locked into building buildings the way we've built them, mm-hmm. and that's just what we do. We build them that way. Yeah. We don't question. Yeah. And I think that's a, a well overdue um, um, a discussion. Yeah. And and I I look at architects. You know, there are some clever architects around. Um, that could do much, much more um, social um, good than they do, mm-hmm. um, uh, but they're self-interested. You see, and mm. this is a real problem. Mm. Uh, I, I look at it like that, and so I, I, I see the the future um, for indigenous um, architecture um, or. A, 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 a series of provincial indigenous um, mm-hmm. types of architecture mm-hmm. that reflect the um, mm-hmm. the climate and the um, landscape mm-hmm. um, and uh, driven by young people who have decided to th- they just can't they have to do it that way yeah you know and and really if I look at the um, the, the, the um, people that, that might do that would be, Young disenfranchised urbanites mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. who tend to be Maori or Pacific Island, mm-hmm. um, and I just I look forward to the day mm. there where someone's got the braves and the smarts, yeah, to, to jump into it, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah,
0: I think we see a little bit of that in New Zealand with the kind of the tiny house movement yeah. and stuff like that. You know, yeah. there's there's we're trying to do things like that, which is quite exciting. Um, and mm. like you say. Um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with tried and tested, but um, there's also nothing wrong with a bit of prodding every now and again and a bit of doing things different ways to see if it works. And yeah, I mean, with the tiny house movement there's a good example, you know, the idea of you have to build a four bedroom house um, mm. just doesn't work for everyone, and no. some people aren't willing to buy into that game and say, so, Yeah, you know, I'm not going to go down that path at all. So,
1: well, there will be those, there's always been those sorts of small movements in mm. New Zealand, alternative thinkers and alternative things, but it's never really in, in, impacted into the mainstream.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah, um, I wonder um, if we can touch on On how people are living currently, um, and how our building is changing, and what direction it's moving, and certainly in our larger centres, um, medium density living is becoming increasingly more popular. Um, people are living in more shared spaces. Um, just kind of needs mass. We're following a lot of trends around the world, and mm-hmm. um, we don't have the space to kind of spread out, or at least if we want. To invite people to live in the inner city. That's kind of the way we have to live. Um, I wonder what you think about that kind of living and whether it's viable for a kind of culture that has always sort of had a big backyard and a veggie patch and, you know, uh, the Kiwi dream, if you know what I mean. Um,
1: I think that's changed, you know. Yeah, I for think it's sure. definitely changing. And, and, and it's got to do with economics, mm. um, it's got to do with um, the, the, the priorities shifting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, amongst young people, of course, there's always going to be people who want three bedroom house because they want to have a family, mm-hmm. and you know, an apartment's not the right way to live. Mm. Um, but you could have three bedroom apartments, and and we should have multi use buildings. We don't, mm. we separate them all out, and that's a problem.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, um, and and I look at the rebuild of Christchurch, which was a great opportunity to you know look at you know how we might live in an, in a city. Yes, and. Um, you know the government chose a guy who's never done any town planning in his life right. to be the town planner yeah and he was a failed landscape mm. architect you know um and and i look at the result and i think it's just a fucking disaster mm-hmm. excuse my french but it yeah. is that requires that kind of expletive
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, because what we've done is we've ghettoized every activity in the in the city mm-hmm. everything's in a ghetto mm. Now there's a ghetto for bad people. There's a ghetto for sick people. There's a ghetto for creative people, and there's a ghetto for every bloody one else and mm. Tom Cobley and all. And and it's a complete reconstruction of a 19th century idea mm. in the 21st century. Mm. So we've got a huge problem in Christchurch, and um and, and, and it's indicative of um to some extent of all the country, but is a glaring example of how not to um, um, look after people Mm. um, and how not to prioritise um, the social Mm -hmm. um, and and to sort of stick up buildings here and there that do these functions and there's a big hole in the middle and the people have to walk around it and there's nowhere for them to be. Mm -hmm. And then they go, well, we'll stick up some sculptures and they stick up some second-rate sculptures mm-hmm. to make people feel like it's meaningful mm. but the, the sculpture has no meaning to where it is anyway mm. so that's just a right waste of money and effort mm-hmm. and um, I think the whole construct is flawed mm. deeply flawed mm. um, and hundreds of millions of dollars have been spent on something which is a waste of money and I, I know one or two of the developers who've put big money into the city and um <clears throat> well, I know one guy's put over $200 million in, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And he's looking at the fact that, he'll, the, the, that he, he won't make a return in his lifetime mm. and his children won't make a return in their lifetime. Mm. So how are they going to take that $200 million and make any money? They can't mm. because th- they played into a game which was flawed. Mm-hmm. And I just feel very sorry for those sort of people. You know? mm. Mm. But getting back to the way we live, I mean, we do need to live closer together Mm -hmm. um, because there's not that much room and we're taking up all the market gardens in Auckland and all of that sort of thing. Mm. Um, Beautiful, productive land being wasted on um, bourgeois houses Mm. for for people who are aspiring bourgeois who spend their whole life running around to pay a mortgage off.
2: Mm -hmm. Well,
1: that's no life. So we've got some big problems Mm. and I think we have to... um, seriously re re look at it mm-hmm. but um it's a big big question oh yeah
0: it sure is <laughs> yeah yeah um i would like to um kind oh. of try and wrap it all up uh and, and bring it back to we're sitting in your in your space here um and we'll be talking about construction and art and firstly i um I wonder if you feel as though your studio and your space here is, in fact, one of your works, if if you will think of it that way. Um, all the yep. renovations and the buildings and the additions that you've been doing, it's yep. one long project. And, and to kind of frame that, I, I wonder if where you think the line is between... Construction and sculpture.
1: Uh, yeah, I think I don't think that, that I don't think there's a line. Mm. Um, and in fact, actually, I, I can remember some years ago, one of my employees said to me one day, "Hey, Andrew, we seem to spend more time working on the building than we do on the sculpture." <laughs> yeah. And and I said, "Well, that's true, mm. because at the moment we need to." Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a seamless um, thing for me, mm-hmm. and 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 um, you know, it, it's arrived at where it's arrived at. Through yes, certainly planning. No mm-hmm. question of it, and, and and having and ticking off project by project by project and mm-hmm. things like that. And the and once I've done it, I can look at a part and go, "Well, that part out there, I was making that work." So, the big wheel, which is in Auckland, um, the pit out there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we put the pit on to make the work because the building I bought wasn't tall enough, <laughs> <Yeah>. and um, <laughs> and, I, and I thought it was so. Straight away, that has a kind of an um, implication, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so the building has a pit, but we just use it for nothing. It was an empty mm. space, um, and and and, and um, so the the um, symbiotic interrelationship of the sculpture and the building, and the sculpture and the building, seemed to me to be an endless an endless process. Mm-hmm. And now I've run out of buildings, or um, well, this building's finished, right? Yeah. And, and 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 I'm still making work, and I'm going. I want to do some more building. right.
0: <laughs> right. So yeah. I'm, I'm
1: building another building out the side there. Oh, okay, really. And I'm yeah. building a building, a really radical building out there. All oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's got plumbing and sewage and drainage and all of that stuff um, okay. there, but it's a it, 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 it's I'm repurposing. Um, um shipping containers which mm-hmm. is not radical mm-hmm. but I'm bridging it with a structure mm-hmm. um, between two 40foot containers one on, on, on top of each other wow. either side mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to make um, the bridge between a, a big big open cavity mm-hmm. um, all enclosed in inside double um, glazed um, double heated um, you know buried um, structure and wow. um, and, and I'm going to be able to do this and it's a huge huge project yeah. and I can do it f- because of the way I know how to do it
2: mm-hmm.
1: of all my wily ways of secreting materials and
2: mm. and,
1: and repurposing things mm-hmm. um, and that's going to be uh, a, 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 a well it might be my last building project you mm-hmm. know, I don't know but um, I'm certainly uh, it's on the books and I've priced it all up and I know how I have to go about it and All of that, you know. Nice. Yeah. So, um, once again, you know, the building project Mm -hmm. is integrated into the project of building sculpture. Mm -hmm. So they are, in a funny kind of way, um, interrelated. And maybe the building is one of my bigger projects. Mm -hmm. But I've got a project out in the studio now that, I've I'm halfway through and it's taken 10 years.
0: <laughs> yeah. And
1: yeah. um and this building's taken me 17 years. Wow. Yeah. So far. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 So great. Well, do, I mean do you want to talk about that work out there at all or even we we'll, we'll close with um an opportunity for you to kind of um Maybe plug your website and and where people can find you, and if you have any, oh, yeah. any shows coming up or anything like okay, that, that. Okay,
1: okay, yep. yeah, okay. Well, um, you, you can find me um, Andrew Drummond Sculpture nz um, as a website. The, the um, Christchurch Art Gallery did a big book on my work, which was very nice. Um, it's available, I think, on my website too, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and. Um, uh, I, I I am working very, very hard um, on um, this project out in the studio. Mm-hmm. I call it the Arcade Project, mm-hmm. and it's like an arcade.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that might take me another, it's taken 10 years so far, and, and it might take me another five or so years, depending on money, because mm-hmm. it's not funded by grants or playing to bureaucrats. It's funded out of my own. Um, earnings
2: mm-hmm. okay
1: I won't go for grants I won't play into the game into the institutional game mm-hmm. um, as for exhibitions um, I have got nothing planned mm-hmm. and um, quite frankly I'm not very interested in doing exhibitions anymore okay um, because um, you never can do what you want to do because the institutions stop you from doing what you really want to do
2: mm-hmm.
1: so I'm pulled my I'm pulled I have pulled my services from art galleries. Mm. Uh, I still occasionally might do some work with my dealers, Mm -hmm. um, but that's, I don't know. Mm. Um, uh, But most of the work is going to commissions um, and um, making new additions and um, finishing the arcade. Mm -hmm. And maybe when one day the arcade's finished, it might get shown somewhere. Mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. there we are take it as we come thanks take very much you that's a problem. No problem yeah, Adam, no, no. It was very nice to um, um, have time to talk with you and um, say some things that I hope are worthwhile
0: yeah absolutely I appreciate your time I appreciate your thoughts it's been great Yeah. thanks for contributing to the podcast and perhaps we'll do it all again one day sure thanks very much okay. cheers Andrew All right, thanks for listening, friends. If, like me, you enjoy conversations about the love of building and creating, then please consider subscribing to the show and leaving a review at wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks very much to Andrew for his time and wisdom. As you've heard, he's an interesting guy with a very valuable compost heap. I hope to get him back on the show someday to pick his brains again. You can follow Andrew over on Instagram at Andrew Drummond Sculpture or check out his website andrewdrummond.co.nz. Thanks again to you for your time and your support. You can follow me on Instagram at Chip Away Carpenter to keep up to date with what's happening on the podcast. And until the next one, keep chipping away.